0: Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. So so here's where it it's a screw-up, but let's see. what. For, for, well, it's not a screw-up yet. Tommy Pham has never played a major league game for the New York Mets, so I want to be fair about this. We can examine last year and the year before and the year before that all we want. Tommy Pham is still not suited up as a New York Met yet. So for me or you to call it a failure is not fair. But here's my point on this. Knowing what happened with LeCastro, which you could have predicted, he had a big spring training, but no one's confused enough to think Tim LeCastro is going to hit 280. He's not a good hitter. I'm not presenting him as one. I'm not even suggesting LeCastro is a guy who plays regularly. He's a bench piece, right? So he's far removed from the right-handed DH spot but he's their fourth outfielder. If you knew Tim LoCastro was going to be your fourth outfielder, it would have made Tommy Pham less needed by this team. And so what you would have done was, A, not sign Tommy Pham, and have Vientos or somebody else be that right-handed DH. By having Pham and LoCastro on the roster, you have two guys, I don't want to say that fill the same role, because they are different, but they're both outfielders. And Pham would have been less necessary... If you had the foresight to know, hey, Tim LeCastro is going to have that role. And then that fourth spot on your bench could be the more traditional right-handed DH spot. They're not going to cut Tommy Pham in a month. All right. It's not going to happen. Tommy Pham's going to be on this team and hopefully he's going to be awesome. It is not fair to kill him for spring training. And I'm not. I think we're more just looking at the player that he is. And him having a different role now, which is right-handed DH, is not what we envisioned when the Mets signed him. The thought was, he's a fourth outfielder. That was the thought. So if we could go back into time, and we could almost grab Billy Epler and say, Billy, Tim Lacastro's the fourth outfielder, then there would have been less of a need for Fam to be on this roster. But here's what I wonder about. Because I don't think the Mets are going to take my other piece of advice, which I've had, which is, why do you need to carry 13 pitchers? If you carry 12 pitchers, this becomes less of an issue okay, if Dennis Santana is not on this roster and the Mets are carrying seven bullpen arms to go along with five starting pitchers, that allows you a fifth guy on your bench. And if the fifth guy on your bench is Mark Vientos to go along with LeCastro and Pham and Guillerme and Nito, are we having this conversation right now? No, not at all. It'd be irrelevant. Yeah. It'd be irrelevant. So... I don't know what it would take for the Mets to do that because they want to limit the innings of some of their starters. They're going to carry a six starter, which is going to complicate things. So I don't know if there's ever going to be a time where they'll feel comfortable with having seven guys out of their bullpen. But that's the answer to a lot of these issues. And it would make Tim LeCastro and Tommy Pham fit on this roster with a guy that can hit left-handed pitching. Because the biggest problem that comes out of all this is they do not have a right-handed DH. That guy is not on this freaking team. And mark my words, come August, whoever's playing against lefties is not on the Major League team right now. Maybe it's Vientos himself. Maybe it's Beatty facing lefties with Escobar as the right-handed DH. Or maybe it's a trade acquisition. But it's certainly not the makeup of the roster they're setting out for opening day. Right, and this is why a lot of people
1: think that the Mets are worse in a lineup this year than they were last year. And I, I can't argue with it at times because I feel like the game plan to go in there with a DA, like I don't understand where we went wrong. Where, like J.D. Davis, not saying that he was unbelievable and not saying that we were done. We were done with him too. It felt like as fans, we were done with J.D. Davis as a right-handed DH for us. But I just don't understand how they could sit there and say we're Better than we were last year. On the other hand, though, I look at it and go, they did win 101 games with this with this lineup, basically. With almost an identical lineup, with no true DH. So we can't be all that bad, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, no, no. I, I would say yes, because their production from DH last year was really, really bad. It was one of the worst in baseball. Their production from Catcher was really, really bad. It was some of the worst numbers in baseball. And I would argue that those two position groups will be better this season. Now, one pushback on me clearly would be, well, how are they going to be better at DH if they don't have a right-handed DH? And I agree, off the top, they don't. I think Vogelback despite a bad spring training, is going to be productive against right-handed pitching. And I think he's going to be more productive than what we saw from the first half last year with Dominic Smith having that role. Okay, so right off the top, I think they're improving in that regard. I don't believe what they're going to do in April against lefties at DH is sustainable. It's not going to last. There's going, Mark Vientos is going to be on this team. The question I have is how do they kind of reevaluate, Le LeCastro and say, ah, eh, it's not worth the cherry steals bases and moves on. Is it Tommy fam? Probably not. Is it going short on a pitcher? Like how do they get back to Vientos where he becomes the right-handed DH. Is it a guy getting hurt? Like, And what I mean by that is, knock on wood, because I don't want anybody hurt, but if um, Mark Cato went on the injured list, right? let's just say, goes on the injured list, the guy you call up is not an outfielder. You already have two outfielders. The guy you call up is Mark Vientos. You could argue Brett Beatty too, but for the sake of this, Mark Vientos. And then your left fielder is either Tommy Pham or Tim LaCastro or it's Jeff McNeil, and Mark Vientos is on the roster. So I think if anybody gets hurt and goes on the IL, a guy you can instantly call up is Vientos. Or Beatty, but for the sake of this, Vientos. So I think that the right-handed DH slot is going to change. I'm just not sure when, and I'm not sure how. And then naturally, you look at guys on this roster and say, will Eduardo Escobar have a better year than he had last year? Will he have a better first half than he had last year? Will Alonzo McNeil and Lindor basically repeat what they did last year? I think they can be comparable. I'm not sure Jeff McNeil's going to win the batting title. Not sure Lindor's going to have the same amount of RBIs. But can those three guys continue to be productive? Can Starling Marte be productive, if not more, because he's healthier? Can Brandon Nimmo repeat those numbers? I think they have a lot of guys who could at least repeat those numbers. And if you're getting more production out of DH and catcher, there you go. You're a top-five offense in Major League Baseball. Period. Stop. Right? Yeah, well, and Nevaya is not productive. That's one part... That's the one spot where we were
1: hoping that Francisco Alvarez was going to make this team. Clearly, that didn't happen. But Narvaez is actually an upgrade. Like, no one could think about yeah. it. No, no, no one thinks that at all. But compared to James McCann, a clear upgrade.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, I think it depends what Narvaez shows up. I mean, Narvaez has had some down years like last year, but he's also a guy capable of hitting 22 home runs in a season. So which Omar Narvaez is there? As far as the rough trade to put kind of a a bow on that disaster, the New York Mets gave up four players for Darren Ruff, one of which you mentioned already is J.D. Davis, who's had a good spring for the Giants. He had a very good second half or at least month and a half after the trade. 800 OPS, started hitting lefties, hit 270. He was he was good. He was already a lot better than Darren Ruff. And we we saw glimpses of J.D. Davis when he was here. I was never at the point where they had to get rid of J.D. Davis. I wasn't done with him necessarily, but he wasn't producing enough. And I think clearly the Mets wanted, we wanted some kind of upgrade. The problem was Darren Ruff wasn't the upgrade, but J.D. Davis was player number one in the deal. Player number two was Thomas Zipoki. Thomas Zipoki appeared in one game for the Mets and through batting practice. Uh, I think he gave up like eight runs in a third of an inning. It was just brutal. It was awful. To the Giants, nonetheless. To the Giants, yes. (laughs) And Zipoki was a marginal prospect for a while, was a starting pitcher. He goes off in this deal. Nobody batted an eye because everybody remembered that performance against the Giants and said, fine, good. See you later. He goes to the Giants. He pitched well out of the bullpen. He did. It was a limited amount of innings. It was like 12 or 13 innings, but maybe found himself pitching out of the giant bullpen. We'll see. He's a 26-year-old lefty. Can he turn into a serviceable reliever? It's absolutely on the table. They gave up a single-A riding named Carson Seymour, who put up some good numbers for the Mets last year and they gave up a 24-year-old single-A lefty, Nick Zwack. I don't know if Carson Seymour or Nick Zwack will ever get to the major leagues, but if, God forbid, they did, and they're just serviceable major leaguers, it only adds to this abomination of a trade. It It just adds to it because the Mets didn't get something bad in return. They got something that was awful in return. They got back one of the worst returns we could ever remember. He was so bad last season. And then, you know, this year he didn't affect us other than just showing up to spring training and wasting people's time. But to give up four bodies, four human beings, two of which have already reached the major leagues for two months of awfulness, I don't know where this is going to rank, Pete, years from now, but this is a bad, bad, bad trade.
1: Well, I, I just don't understand. Like, Ruff, I know he has had some good splits in the past and all that stuff, but where did the desperation come from, from Billy Epler or, or whomever in, in the front office? I don't think it was Cohen, but we all knew we needed a bat. Where did Darren Ruff become like the, oh, my goodness, this is the guy that's going to
0: solve all our problems? Because, because and I, I have to defend this because I remember when the trade went down and I defended it on the Rico, he's, he hits lefties. And it was as simple as that, that, okay, this is perfect. If you take Ruff's numbers against lefties and you take Vogelbach's numbers against righties and you combine them. And I did that on a Rico. I own that. I said, that's a productive player. And I think it was as simple as that in terms of what they gave up I think they were ready to move on from J.D. Davis since Ruff was replacing him, and they looked at Sipaki Seymour, and Swack as non-prospects and figured, yeah, we're giving up four guys, but none of those guys are top prospects. They didn't give up Ronnie Mauricio in this trade. They didn't give up a top 10 or even a top 20 prospect. I don't think any of these guys were top 20 Met prospects prior to the trade, so... I think they looked at rough splits after they made the Vogelbach trade. That was the kind of guy they were going to add. They weren't going to add somebody who wasn't a platoon player. Why'd they trade for Vogelbach? right? Why'd they trade Colin Holderman for him? So I think once they made that trade, they were clearly going in that direction of, let's get the right-handed version of him. And they probably weren't afraid of the guys they gave up. And who knows? I There's no guarantees, Whack or Seymour is a bookie, you're going to become anything. We already know what J.D. Davis is. He's had his moments. He had a good year for us in 2019, but those other three guys may not turn out to be anything. And clearly the Mets were comfortable with just moving on from them.
1: This is why I know I'm projecting way too far in advance, but I am concerned about the trade deadline when it comes to Billy Epler, because are they just going to go for, can we, I know they don't want to trade any high level prospects, which I'm happy about. That makes that, that is something that I love to hear. I don't want to do it. But on the other hand, what, what type of player are we going to actually get and bring in as a
0: bat? That to me is where I get concerned with this team already. Yeah. Look, you, you can only judge people on their track records and there's no doubt. Billy Epler's track record at the trade deadline is an all for one. I don't think there's any doubt. When you look at the moves that he made at the deadline, there was not a huge reward from it. So yeah, I think it's fair that when we get towards late July, we're going to look at Billy and say, Hmm, I wonder how this one's going to go. You know what must have sucked for Billy? Forgetting about just admitting it was a bad trade to all of us. When he, because he mentioned he called Cohen, his words, and even call him Steve. I called Cohen. He called Cohen to tell him, hey, we got to write a check for $3 million to get rid of this bump. And that's a tough conversation because you're telling your boss, I made such a bad trade. I recommend we DFA him and pay him money to leave. With Robinson Cano, it's easy. You didn't make that trade. It's very easy to say, hey, (laughs) I inherited this, Steve. I think we should get rid of him. You made the trade. So Billy Epler had to make a very uncomfortable phone call. He had to call up his boss, the owner of the New York Mets, and say, yeah, remember that trade I made back in July? It was so bad, I am recommending, with your approval, of course, you write the checks, that we write this check to get rid of him. And even though it's not a huge number compared to the other checks Steve Cohen has written, you're still asking your owner to write millions of dollars on a check to tell a guy to leave. And so that couldn't have been easy. And now,
1: uh, I know it wasn't under Epler's watch, but this is the second trade deadline where under Cohen, where things have kind of went awry they did trade Javi Baez for Pico Armstrong. So you're going two failed
0: trade deadline. So, so under Cohen, it's 0 for 2. It is. It, they're completely different, though. They're completely different in terms of A, who made the trade, but also different in types of what they gave up. They knew they were giving up a top prospect. They went for it to a degree by trading for Javier or Baez. You just said, hey, what kind of player are they going after? Well, two years ago, they went after a really good player. They went after one of the better players available. I think the big debate at the trade deadline is clearly going to be Otani. And it's going to be how much are you willing to give up for what could be a rental? Because you're going to have to give up your entire system. And this is one of those rare cases where I think there will be a tax on the New York Mets because Artie Moreno is a vengeful, awful owner. And I don't, there's a chance Artie says, you're not trading him to the Mets. I think that's absolutely on the table. Or he could say, yeah, you want to trade him to the Mets? We're gonna take them for everything they have. We are gonna take Alvarez. We are gonna take Mauricio. We are gonna take bait. Like we are gonna take. They're gonna make the Darren Ruff trade look like child's play. <laughs> oh no. <laughs>